Hello and welcome to the Oasis Church podcast. Thanks for joining us. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Uh, In our first week together, we heard about the Lord, our shepherd, leading us into stillness, restoring our souls, leading us along right paths. Uh, And that was from Janet and Charlie and Faith. And if you didn't get a chance to hear, uh, I would absolutely recommend listening to that on uh, on the catch-up, because I've I've listened to it myself a couple of times this week, actually. Um, Not only practical tips about enjoying God's rest and the possibility of a pilgrimage. I mean, that was just really incredible, Faith. Thank you so much for that. Um, but also hearing the truth that we can lean into his restoration when life has left us battered and bruised. And that was a really powerful message that came through. And, and we're going to continue in that, that sort of theme, actually, this morning, looking at the, the next bit of the psalm. Uh, and I'm shortly, shortly going to get to hand over to three excellent people who are going to share with us a little of how these next verses have, are lived out in their day-to-day lives Um, And just to give those of you that need a bit of time to prepare, uh, uh, we're going to have a short time after that, uh, after they've shared, just to turn to the person next to us and just share a little bit about maybe what's what's impacted us from what they've shared, what's been particularly struck us in this series of Psalm 23. Um, So talking about going through the, the valley of the shadow of death and not fearing any evil for he is with us, his rod and his staff is comforting us. For some of us this morning, that's going to feel even more significant as we talk about the way the shepherd draws close to us, even in those dark valleys, still suffering from pain and grief uh, that life and that love bring us, and trying to heal from the scars of maybe things that we've suffered or of things that have been done to us. And for some of us, that's really going to feel heavy this morning and important. And I was really struck in reading through the psalm that those first few verses, we talk about the Lord as our shepherd and he, we're talking about almost in the third person, uh, a God that we're describing. But in these, these next verses where the reality of, of life is really painted out in those words, the person changes. David talks about, you are with me. God is there in that person, that person that we know as Jesus in that that human form come down from heaven to earth to be alongside us in the the dirt, in the suffering, in the hardship of life. 
We go from talking and describing God to knowing him as a person. You will be with me. And I just want to pray that over us as we go into this next time of sharing that promise of these verses, because they're a promise to us, aren't they? The promise that he is close beside me, your rod and your staff protecting and comforting me. That word comfort, nashem in Hebrew, means to breathe intensely because of deep emotion. That is, that's what God is doing. He's breathing that deep emotion with us, alongside us, sighing with one who is grieving. He's not removed from our pain this morning. He is with us in it, living the heaviness of hearts. This is the shepherd's promise to us this morning. In whatever valley you are in, you find yourself here this morning. His presence is here, wanting to grieve, weep, and bring comfort this morning. So I'm just going to pray over us, and then we're going to invite some of our fabulous speakers to come and share. Lord, as we've spent time in your presence this morning, um, it's really been palpable that you are here and moving and speaking and drawing close. And so um, just as our wonderful speakers uh, share, just may your, your words really strike us afresh in our hearts. For those of us that just need to know your comfort and your closeness this morning, um, may that really be the reality that we experience here. And even as we get to be a family here together, walking in this valley, sharing with one another, comforting each other as a physical presence, um, may that be really the reality that we here at Oasis Church this morning can experience. We praise you, Lord. Amen. So I've got the privilege of welcoming up Balaje and Uday to come and join me. Can we give them a round of applause? I'm so excited to hear them. <laughs> Mike, over to you, my friend. Oh, thank you. Got the whole team. So I've got my little helpers here. <laughs> All right, morning, church. Um, it's a privilege and a joy to stand before you this morning just to share a little bit about how God has been with us through our journey so far. So I think for us, um, it's not just knowing that God is with us, it's also knowing that He cares. So this morning, my daughter woke up and she came to bed. And I was really dying to sleep more. And she said, my eyes are itchy. Daddy, do something. And I ignored her for five minutes. <laughs> she didn't relent. She kept going. And it just reminds me that God is with us, but he's not ignoring us. He's actually paying attention. Right? And to summarize all our joints so far is in the statement, Jesus cares. And I had a little play about the words and thought, okay, let me break down care for us so we can dive a little bit deeper into what it means when we say Jesus cares and then use some of our stories to bring that to life. So the first C means that Jesus cares for our concerns. So what bothers you bothers God. And is it accommodation? Is it job? Is it finance? Is it health? Is it kids? God actually cares. So out of all the stories, I'll just tell you one relating to accommodation. So I went to view house in 2016, and the house was small, and I told the agent then that, sorry, this house is small, it's not going to do for us. And she said something like, actually, I've got another one that is not yet on the market, and it's on the intermediate rent scheme, which means I'm going to pay 80% of the market value to rent the house. 
I wasn't driving at the time. She, she took me in her car, drove me down to Edge Bastille, took me into the flat, and showed me the flat. It was a lovely flat. We accepted. And so that was one way in which God just led us to the place that we were in. And it's not just that it was good for us. There was a refugee hostel close to the place. And we, OSCs at the church, were able to bless them with material things, if some of us remember, as a result of that move. Now, God didn't just care for us. He also cared for the people that we're going to bless in living in that place. And I think that's an encouragement to everyone that regardless, God is with you and he does care deeply about every single thing that bothers you. And if you don't take my words for it, I'm just going to read a verse in the Bible. Philippians 4, 6. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and pleading with thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God. Some of us are from cultures where we pray about every single thing because the chances of things going wrong is just really high. Right? And we come to this place, we don't pray about so many things because you expect the government to do this, the government to do that. You know, you can expect things to work. And God is just reminding us that, you know what? I do care about things, that, but I don't take anything for granted. Pray about everything. And that's why he said, all. There is no exception. Nothing too small. You are going bald. Pray about it. Right? You're hungry. Pray. You're sick. Pray. Like, that is God's invitation for us this morning. Okay? So let's jump to the other C. The other C is connection. God cares about our connection. He cares so deeply about how we connect with each other, how we connect with whatever we do. So this story is going to be my journey into Birmingham. So the first day I Googled Oasis, well, I Googled, I Googled churches in Birmingham, and I saw Loving God, Loving People, and you resonated with me. So I went to the Egg Bastion then. Uh, we were at the Egg Bastion Stadium then. And there was no church because it was Birmingham Half Marathon. And I was wondering... What kind of church doesn't hold on a marathon day? And then I met Seed, and Seed said something about, yeah, we want to be part of the community, we want to engage with the community, that's why we're now having church. And I said, okay, brilliant. I think I like the sound of that. And that journey, meeting Seed, made me uh, rest in Oasis. And when we were about to get married, um, Colin and Jen, they said something. I wasn't really praying about finances. I knew I was short of money. But somehow, on a Sunday, out of the blues, someone said, I feel God said I should borrow you 600 pounds. I said, wow, thank you, I need it. <laughs> and so, that's how I took it. Now, what's that just saying again? Is God places us in places, and he actually does care deeply about our connection with, with different people. Now, I've run out of time, so I'll just run through the rest. So for hey, A means ask. Okay? Ask for help. That's part of God's plan. For example, Jesus did say when he was about to be crucified, he took three of his disciples. He said, come and watch and pray with me. Why would Jesus, God, ask frail human beings to come and pray with him when they actually slept through the prayer? Not once, three times. He didn't stop asking them. And that's how 
it's been for us as well. During the pandemic, Adrian gave us a call and said, how are you guys doing? Do you feel connected? It's so easy to get lost in the online church. There's no physical connection. You're not in church. Something's wrong, but nobody really asks because they don't know what you're going through. And just that singular act of asking, how are you doing? Open up a whole world of more connections with Vince and Debbie and a whole lot of other people. And that's how we've seen God through these different areas as well. So not just to ask, also reach out. That's what the R is for. Reach out to give help. And please don't be in a hurry to dismiss any help someone wants to give you. Can I help you with that? No, I'm fine. No, you're not. You do need help. And God is sending you the help. So please enjoy God's help. Um, so um, just to, to run, round that one up, um, E is to explore. Regardless of how we got here, whether through plan, design, accident, being a victim, God is able to redeem every single situation. Just like Sarah shared, a cyclist got lost on a path. I don't actually think he got lost. I think God just wanted to connect you with the cyclist, right? Or God knew he was going to get lost and sent you to walk along that path. And, and that's, that's, that's the beauty of the God we serve. So God will not leave you alone. God is able to redeem your situation. God is able to redeem you. He's able to connect with you. And God cares. It's not just with you. He cares deeply about everything that concerns or bothers you. So thank you. I will hand over to you, Dee. Hi, guys. Um, mine is just to summarize all he said in um, a song. And it is based on the Bible passage, First Peter chapter 5 and verse 7. I'll just, um, Blood, can you help me with the glasses? Upon you, I lay all of my burdens down at your feet, and any time I don't know what to do, I will cast all my cares upon you. I cast all my cares upon you. I lay all of my burdens down at your feet. And any time I don't know what to do. I will cast all my cares upon you. Thank you. Wasn't that just brilliant? I think we should have whole family preachers from now onwards. <laughs> Thank you so much, guys. You are such a blessing to us, and that has just been so encouraging. Um, I've got the privilege of next inviting up our very own Andy Gordon to come and share with us. So can we just give Andy a really big round of applause?
Hi. I don't talk much, so I get very nervous. I sing. Okay. But, uh, so bear with me. I'm going to read this out mostly. So. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I fear no evil, for you are with me. The way the Hebrew words are used in this verse make it likely that it's referring to an actual valley that was nearby, uh, which could easily be, where you could easily be ambushed or trapped. Um, but it can also be translated as the valley of deep darkness. I guess I wonder what could the valley of the shadow of death or the valley of deep darkness look like for you, either in the past or today. Are there times when you feel trapped in a dark place and you, know, and you don't know how to get out or to move forward? Maybe there are times where you feel you have been ambushed. I've always known that I am fragile emotionally and at times my mind can feel like it's breaking. I've often felt uneasy in my own skin, uh, finding it difficult to know how to relate to others and how to fit in. I have a history, or there's a family history within my parents and beyond that of depression and anxiety. And at times when I was younger, as a young man, I took on more than I could handle, and I didn't give myself space to deal with life and stuff that was going on, which led to burnout and ultimately to, to my own depression and anxiety. I have at times shut down to the world around me with a deep feeling of failure as I've become so lost in the darkness that I seem to lose my ability and capacity to function and to provide as a husband and as a father and as a friend. And I would struggle to give, I'd struggle to serve, to love, to talk, to listen, to go to work, uh, and to comfort. What does Psalm 23 say? Does it say that I won't experience such things? Well, clearly not. It says, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. Does it say that I am to blame, that it's my fault for being in the dark valley? Well, actually, it doesn't say, does it? It doesn't say whose fault it is. It's just declaring, though I'm walking in the valley of the shadow of death. But it doesn't pass any judgment. It simply states that as I walk through that valley, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. That you... Yahweh, the good shepherd, are with me. The New Testament calls Jesus Emmanuel, which literally means God with us. God who became flesh. God who stands with us in the messiness of humanity. God who at the very beginning brought order out of chaos and said, let there be light. That Jesus, the life light, the message uh, translation. Jesus, the life light, that Jesus, the good shepherd, is with me. And the psalm goes on to say that he brings comfort and even prepares a feast in the middle of the battlefield. I can say that now. And at times when I was in my bed in the midst of darkness, I guess I might have been able to whisper that I believed that. 
But often, to be honest, I just needed time to be allowed to doubt, to cry, to sleep, to eat, and to do my best in that moment to love Zoe, my wife, and to love my children who couldn't understand what was going on with their dad. I came to understand that Jesus promised to be with me in that place without judgment. And that when the time was right, others would come around me and help me to see more clearly how the Good Shepherd was guiding me and loving me. I guess an obvious question could be, is it really that much of a comfort to know that God is with me in the darkness? Wouldn't it be better if I didn't have to walk in the darkness at all? Wouldn't it be better if I did end up in the valley that I would be quickly rescued? Good question. <laughs> and I haven't got the answers. All I, all I know is that King David, who wrote this poem, had a very strong belief that it was a good thing that Yahweh, the God of creation, was there with him in the valley. Because of the comfort of knowing his presence. But also David knew that God loves to bring order out of chaos that God loves to bring light in the darkness. He read the Hebrew Bible. He also deeply believed and had personal experience that if God was with him, anything could happen. So to finish, personally, I find comfort in a God who is with me in the darkest of places. It seems to me to be core to the human experience that we all know times of darkness or feeling trapped, or walking in the valley of the shadow of death, and that we do not need to fear, because he is with us. Isn't it just excellent hearing this? So, and I know that there are so many stories out there in our community, and we want to give space, I suppose, to, to share some of those stories and comfort one another, because that's the truth. We're comforted by the ultimate comforter so that we can comfort others. And those stories that we've just heard have brought done me good, and I know will have done others here good. Our... Um, Youth WhatsApp has been much busier since New Day with different of the teens sharing different verses that have been speaking to them. And one that particularly stood out to me that I just thought really was truth for today was from 2 Corinthians 1, where it says, The Father of compassion and the God of all comfort, who comforts us in our troubles so that we can comfort those in any trouble with the comfort we received from God. We're comforted first, we receive from him first. It's not out of our own comfort so that we can share of the love and the light that's transformed us. And, and that's what we've really been sharing this morning, haven't we? And so we want to give a few minutes just to reflect on that, that space. So we're you know, going to pop a question up on the, on the screen. If you feel comfortable, just turn to the person next to you. And we're going to be asking, what has impacted you from what's been shared? And what's encouraged you from this morning? And maybe if you feel able to, and, and maybe you know the person that sat next to you quite well, where do I need to know him in the valley that I'm in at the moment? And I'd encourage you to, to pray with one another. We all have different experiences of the comfort of, of that father that when we can share with each other. Um, 
So, but otherwise, I'm going to close the meeting there. We'll say goodbye to those that have been joining us online. And when you finish, maybe sharing together and want to join us out the back for the football, you're very welcome to. But thank you so much for being family this morning, and we'll see you again next week at the picnic. <laughs>